What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 169, and we'll be talking about Stargate Atlantis' episode, Home. Home! 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 Safe! Uh, I gotta tell ya, I was really excited, Zach, that I thought I had actually batted my prediction out of the park. I thought for sure that that quantum mirror was going to be a part of this thing. Um, ah, but was, you were wrong. I was wrong. Yeah. Friends, uh, this is an independent podcast. This is the only place where you can hear Zach and me talk about Stargate. It's true. Um, and uh, to be fair, we talk about other things, too. That's yes. But, you know, right now, this is the only spot where you can hear the two of us talk about things. So uh, that, you know. that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So, uh. Uh, if you'd like to uh, show us uh, show us some love and support, uh, you can do that at our website. It's the easiest. It's wtts.space in the bottom right hand corner. There's a Space. little icon that is a coffee cup, and uh, you can uh, click on that thing and buy us a coffee or two or three or five or whatever. You also have the ability to sign up for what they call memberships, and that's like a monthly thing. So if you really like what we're doing and you want to support us on a monthly basis, that's how you can do that. If you don't want to do any of that, no problemo. You don't have to do any of that. Um, if you're inclined to, thank you so much. If not, don't worry. We're we like doing this project. We're not going to stop doing this thing unless something bad happens. But let's let's hope for the best, right? Like we're not planning for anything bad to happen. Yeah, so we're planning on doing all this stuff like for a long time, and it's going to be on the main feed. All good. And that, speaking of that main feed, uh, you can uh, you can you can tell people that they can find our content with all that main feed goodness uh, anywhere where they can find a podcast, like Google Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Uh, iHeartRadio podcasts and Amazon podcasts. There's also a player on our website, uh, wtts.space. Space. Sorry, I didn't give you time last time, but uh, yeah. And uh, that's okay. Also... I was fixing my mic, and then I was oh. like, oh, "I'm a space." It's it's fine. It's all good. Uh, and, uh, uh, they can also go use podcast aggregators like uh, Pocket Casts or Overcast or whatever. Typing in "Walking Through the Stargate" and they will find our podcast. Um, one thing though, that I want to let everybody know, Zach, you and I didn't talk about, uh, admitting this, but so here we go. It's happening. Um, Zach and I are currently recording this part of the podcast on a Friday evening. Whoa. Uh, I did a, a hilariously stupid job of planning my personal life. Uh, I was literally simultaneously double scheduling myself actively, like, <laughs> and then realized it. Halfway through, and it was yep. like, uh, Zach, <laughs> I made a boo-boo. So, so Zach graciously said, hey, we can, we can do some recording on Friday. The twist <clears throat> is going to be that like, uh, like two-thirds of our episode is going to get recorded tonight, and then the other third is going to get recorded on Sunday afternoon. So, <laughs> so we'll, do, we'll do our best. You'll probably notice it. It's probably not because it's going to be like... I don't know. Maybe we'll have some fun with it. I can guarantee you, though, there's going to be something different. We'll sound different. Well, we'll sound I'll, I'll tell you this for sure. When we You'll record be- on Sunday, I'll be recording from my office uh, and not my home studio. Yeah. So I use the word home it? studio loosely because it's really just <laughs> my dining room table with yeah. some blankets around me to create a shell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dine- yeah. Home studio. You got you to gotta, you gotta throw up the fingers and put it in quotes. Home studio. Yeah. So uh, you'll notice it, but hey, you know, we'll, we'll still get the show out on time and um, I think it'll work out just fine. So it'll be wonderful. So Zach, 
Yes, Brent. If a person wants to let us know that they absolutely noticed the cut in between the Friday to Sunday segments and it was just jarring and they hope that we either never do it again or we do a much better job of having fun with the jar jarringness. How might they reach out and uh, and 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 um, castigate me on uh, on, well, on what that uh, on that on that failure? So you do, listeners, if you were listening to this podcast and you get to that spot when you feel that absolute jolt in your whole nah. body when things change and it causes you to spill your beloved and sacred <laughs> coffee. Oh, no. Oh, all no. over yourselves. You can send Brent the dry cleaning. Uh, OK. <laughs> no guarantees that I'll pay it, but sure. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. But you can do that by sending us it to walking through the stargate at gmail.com, et cetera. Etc. <laughs> you could also go to the Facebooks and 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 I mean, don't I mean, I guess if you spilled your coffee and you wanted to tell us on Facebooks, that would be an appropriate place to do that because sure. people talk about things like that all the time. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you can go to the Facebooks. There's a Facebook page and a Facebook group, and you can go to our website wtts.space space or walking through the stargate.com. Uh, that's just not near as much fun. So wtts.space yeah. space. Or you can go to the discords, and if you don't have the discords, and you want to go to the discords, you want to try to figure out what the discords are, go to our website and click on the little button at the top of the right corner that looks kind of like a little video game controller uh, and, yes. and a face kind of thing. It's kind of a little yeah. bit of the that's that's the the icon for Discord. You click on that, and then you give you, you sign in with, with with an email address and 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 a password, yep. and and then and then you find our channel and you say. What's up, guys? And we're yep. all like, hey, cool. Welcome to our little corner of the Internet. Yes. Where we are all cool, except for those of us who aren't cool. But even those of us who aren't cool uh, are still cool in the group because we, that's yeah. who we are. It's it's a collective of nerds. You'll be fine. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> we will welcome you with open arms. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, honestly, uh, if you are at all interested in getting together with the Walking Through the Stargate community, uh, the discords is really where things have uh, developed and landed. And that's that's where uh, things are actually happening right now. So that's where yep. that's where we're at. That's where you can get a hold of us. Uh, and I hope to see you there. Yeah, because it's a fun little place. I agree. Yep. Uh, Brent. Yeah. Shall we dig into this episode of Home? Yeah, let's get into it. All right. So, uh, to start off, Home was directed by Holly Dale. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing you've never heard the name Holly Dale before. Nope. Not ringing a bell. Nope. That's because this is her first and only directing credit for Stargate Atlantis. And really? I didn't look specifically, but I'm pretty sure she did not do anything for SG-1. Okay. But uh, I went to IMDb and I looked and sure enough, uh, Holly Dale has an entry on IMDb and I looked a little bit closer and Holly Dale wrote her own mini bio. Okay. All right. And uh, I'm going to read it. Uh, and, and just to be clear, I mean, this is actually like pretty spanking new. This is uh, very well updated. Uh, oh, so okay. uh, this this may be the most updated mini bio we have ever read on the podcast. Uh, okay, now I'm kind of excited. Yep. 
Okay, here we go. <laughs> okay. Holly Dale is one of Canada's premier directors, recognized globally for her outstanding award-winning television and cinema work crafted over the past 25 years. Ms. Mm-hmm. Dale has directed movies, entire miniseries, pilots, and episodic. Mm-hmm. She has worked in all genres. Recently, Ms. Dale has, was tapped to be the producer-director for showrunner Nick Santora's upcoming Netflix or Skydance series, FUBAR, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Monica Barbaro, and Fortune Feimster. The series will start streaming on Netflix in the summer of 2023. Previously, <laughs> like I said, this is well updated. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's in our future. <laughs> that's in our future. Yeah. Previously, Ms. Dale was the producer-director of the Warner Brothers Berlanti production series Batwoman for three, seri- for three seasons, where she directed 13 episodes. Mm-hmm. Ms. Dale was also producer-director of the international sensation Transplant. She block-shot the pilot and first three episodes of Transplant, creating its stunning visual template. Transplant focuses on a Syrian trauma surgeon who himself is the Transplant. The series holds the distinction of becoming the number one drama series of the year in both its Canadian run and U.S. network run on NBC. Hmm. Among many prestigious awards, Ms. Dale has earned is the Canadian Screen Award for Best Picture and Best Director for the groundbreaking hard-edged serial killer miniseries Durham County. She was also honored with a Canadian Screen Award for Best Director for Mary Kills People, a limited series delving into the murky waters of euthanasia, which she directed, co-executive produced the entire first season of six hours. Mm -hmm. Variety selected Mary Kills People as one of their top 10 series of the year. Nice. The Directors Guild of Canada has recognized Ms. Dale as their best director of drama series on four separate occasions for her work on the acclaimed one-hour show's Flashpoint, Durham County, Mary Kills People, and most recently for Transplant. Very nice. Highlights of the many extraordinary series Holly has guest directed including, include Dexter, The Americans, Chris Carter's X-Files, Joan Allen's The Family, Dick Wolf's Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, and Law & Order SVU. Uh-huh. Halle Berry's Extent, Bradley Cooper's Limitless, Marvel's oh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Steven Spielberg's Falling Skies, as well as 12 individual hours of the Jerry Bruckheimer anthological series called Case, to name just a few. Like, for example, Stargate Atlantis. Well, in addition to that, you know, if you you add one more and it would naturally be, you know, she was only naming a few. If she was naming a few plus one, Atlantis would have made that (laughs) cut. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Yep. Um... The teleplay for this episode was by Joseph Malazzi and Paul Mully. Uh-huh. This is their second of three writing credits this season. Yeah, okay. And I was just noticing that I, like, like put up two fingers for second, and then I changed it to three fingers for third, and I realized that nobody can see that on a nobody audio podcast. <laughs> two out of three. Nobody saw that. They, they didn't nobody see me do the exact same thing. I just did it just now. Yeah, well, you know, anyway. Uh, but I did, and now I have to tell you and describe <laughs> what's going on. All right. Uh, we have several guest actors. Um, 
Don S. Davis is returning as Major General George S. Hammond. Yay! Um, although technically he's a lieutenant general, he's technically a three-star general, but we only see him in this as a two-star general. I was, yes, yes. Uh, yep, we, I noticed that. Yep. We have Gary Jones as Chief Yay! Master Sergeant Walter Radar Harriman. Yep. Garwin Sanford returns as Simon Wallace. Uh-huh, yep. Uh, A.K.A. Nareem, but he's not yes. Nareem in this episode. Not, not he's not Nareem. No nope. Nareem. Uh, and then we have a few other folks who are in little bits of this. We have Noah Beggs who plays Dex, yeah, and Steven Spender who plays Mitch. Those uh-huh. are of course our uh, Shepherd's friends. Noah Beggs actually was in the SG One episode "Fragile Balance" as a mm. security force officer, kind of there in the background of you know. Uh, Fragile ball ants. Yeah, balls, ball, balls, fragile ball, ants. Yep. Ball ants. Yeah, uh, yep. uh, we have Nicole Ruddle, who plays the doctor. Uh, yeah. She had like one line that says like, yes. yeah, she's okay. You can, she can go out now. Uh, yeah. But anyway, Nicole uh, played Rita in the episode from SG-1 in the line of duty, which is the second season episode. That's the one when we first meet of the Tok'ra. Yes. Okay. Uh, and then finally we have Linda Riley, who is the brunette at the door for yep. Rodney. Yeah. Just shows up and smiles. Yep. Uh, the original air date for home was September 10, 2004. Uh-huh. This is the same as, uh, last week's episode, our last week's episode. Um, what was it? Sacrifices for yes, SG1. Right. Uh, yeah. and so if you want to know what was number one on the charts and what was in the box office, you go to last week's episode and look at that Correct. and it all happened, all that stuff. Right. That's right. So, for this episode, we do have some trivia. Yes. Um, now, according to IMDb, uh, when Rodney McKay gets to back to his apartment, he turns on the TV and it's the outer limits. Yeah. And you hear the voice saying, do not change your phone, blah, 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 right? Right. IMDb says that the whole, the whole beginning is voiced by Christopher Judge. And I was listening carefully to see if I could yeah. recognize Christopher Judge and then I'm like, yeah, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true either. And granted, I didn't know that going in, so I didn't. But like, <clears throat> you would be able to notice it probably better than me. But I got to tell you, if it was Christopher Judge, he was using a different pitch and timbre than he normally would use. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, I'm certain that if I hadn't read this and listened to it, I never would have thought, hey, that's Christopher Judge. Yeah. And right. when I saw this, I'm like, OK, I got to listen for this. And I was listening and I'm like, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yep. uh, Dr. Weir goes home and she gets to meet her dog. And her dog is played by Tori Higginson's actual dog. Oh, hey. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. Um, then uh, it's interesting that, uh, you know, up until this point, we've been in the Pegasus Galaxy and we've had uh, Atlantis music and, and none of the SG-1 stuff has been around for this episode, right? They've gotten all new music for it. However, yeah. in this episode, when they go back to Earth and we go back to the SGC, you hear a lot of those same uh, themes and music that would be used on uh, SG-1. Yeah. Um, and then, as we kind of mentioned this before, right, uh, General Hammond in this is always wearing two stars on his uniform. And we know because at the very end of season seven, when he was transferred away from the SGC to home world security, he was promoted to a three star lieutenant general. Yep. Right. Um, And so some people will look at this and say, 
this is a subtle clue to say that this world isn't quite real. Others right. would say, you know, Don S. Davis just went to the closet and pulled out the uniform from his, you know, <laughs> old stuff and says, this is my previous costume and that's what yep. we're wearing. Yeah, we're just, I'm just going to put on this leg again. And, Look, and, and still I'm, fits. <laughs> I'm, I am more convinced to think that it is a, uh, uh, a mistake in the wardrobe than in a subtle nod to something. Um, though it does make for, you know, if you wanted to retcon that you'd have the space to retcon. So if you oh, want to retcon yeah. it, you know, I'll give it to you. I'm, I'm absolutely willing to think that, that at some point wardrobe went, wait a minute, Donna's Davis's character is now a three star general. We got to get it. Wait a minute. No, we don't. And then they just run with it. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just certainly possible. And, it, and here's the thing, though. I mean, maybe maybe they did think about this because we have seen Don S. Davis, not in, not in this one, but in SG-1, since he uh, ended season seven. Yeah. Uh, with three stars on his shoulder. Yeah. Uh, so we know that they have shown him with three stars. Now they're showing him with two stars. Yep. I don't know. Anyway. Yep. Uh, this title, uh, we call it home in English, yeah. in Polish, Portuguese, Italian, Spanish, Czech, and Russian, they call it home Okay. in various of those their languages. The Hungarian call it ho- homecoming, oh, and yeah. the okay. French follow the Germans. Oh, okay. With and call it, uh, and call it everything's a ruse? N- well, n- no, not quite. Uh, uh, but they call it back to home, back to earth. Oh, yeah. Almost Which is a misnomer way, because they don't actually go back to earth. No, that's right. That's right. That's, this, is a, this is a situation where the Germans are actually not saying what the truth is at all. That's true. That's oh, true. my. I don't know how I feel about this. Oh, my. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, are you ready, Brent, for the synopsis? Yes, I am ready. All right, here's the synopsis for Stargate SG-1 episode, not Stargate SG-1, Stargate Atlantis' episode, Home. It was a dark and stormy night. Well, well no, no, that wasn't quite right. Um, yeah. let, me, let, me, let me try again. It was a dark and foggy night, and yeah. we hear Rodney complain that it's not actually fog. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, our team is on this planet, uh, M5S224, and McKay discovers that the not actually fog has enough energy in it that it could support a wormhole connection all the way back to Earth. Huzzah! Huzzah! The team consults with Dr. Weir back in Atlantis. Since the Atlantis gate is the only one set up for intergalactic travel, they would have to take the appropriate crystal out of this gate and connect it to the DHD back in the foggy planet. And McKay is supremely confident that he can get the job done. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the others discuss going back home. No one really wants to go back home if they can't actually return to Atlantis. They would love to go back home. They would love to see all their friends and family, blah, 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 blah. But what they're doing here is so important that they don't want to leave if they can't come back, which totally makes sense, I guess. That said, they can still, if this works, send a message back to Earth, debrief them them on the wraith, and, and receive that nostalgic feeling of experiencing the things you lost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So McKay returns to the foggy planet with Ford. He does the things and it works. They're ready to dial Earth. Uh-huh. Weir, Shepard, and the rest of the starring cast head out to report to Earth. 
McKay hits the appropriate buttons. And all of a sudden, we're talking on the radio with our favorite radar operator. Yay! <laughs> After confirming that we're all who we claim to be, Sergeant Harriman lets our heroes know that with some Asgard engines being installed in the Prometheus, they can all come back home, and then we can go back to Atlantis within a month or so. And so, they all head home. Mm-hmm. Back on Earth, things are nice. Mm-hmm. Everything is... It's nice. You know, <laughs> Weir gets to visit her good friend, Simon. You know, uh-huh. Shepard and Taylor go shopping and head to his very nice bachelor pad. Uh-huh. McKay's neighbor, taking care of his cat, wants to have a very nice dinner with him. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Ford gets to visit his grandma, which is... Nice. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Nothing is quite out of place. It's all nice. 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 And, and, and then we discovered that there was an accident on the Prometheus, and they can't return to Atlantis. Wait, what? Yeah. Slowly, the niceness begins to unravel. Uh-huh. Weir is being replaced as expedition leader. Atlantis is going full military. And uh-huh. Shepard apparently agrees completely with this. And, 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 and what's that? Uh, they're talking as if Shepard is still in Atlantis. Uh-huh. What is going on? Rodney wants to use the ZPM that they have to connect a wormhole to the not-really-fog-foggy planet. A fraction of a second is all it would take, and then the energy in the fog would maintain the wormhole. It's like making a collect call when you know they'll say yes! Yep. But apparently, all the physics is gibberish. Uh-huh. Ford gets transferred, I guess, but he wants to return to Atlantis. Blah, blah, blah. Shepard and Taylor <laughs> have a weird party at his weird bachelor pad, and suddenly his friends who died years ago show up alive and well. Uh-huh. It's, it's weird. And so Shepard has no choice but to shoot one of his old buddies in the shoulder and then wave his gun around wildly with one hand while drinking beer with the other. Yeah, what could yeah. possibly go wrong in this situation? <laughs> Eventually, they all begin to recognize the problems in their realities and insist on knowing what's really happening. Yep. And so General Hammond reveals that he's an alien and they're not really on Earth. You don't but say. They are un. I do say. <laughs> I do say. They are unconscious on the foggy planet, experiencing various different hallucinations or visions or or fantasies or whatever. Yeah. But now they now that they have all figured it out, they are sharing a hallucination of standing in the embarkation room along with the fake Hammond. Uh huh. So what's going on? Well, fake Hammond will explain. His species exists like in a non-corporeal form on the planet. They aren't just in the mist. They are the mist. Mm -hmm. And every time someone uses the gate, it kills some of their kind. Now, sacrifices are made to remain hidden. But when they learned that the Atlantis team was intending uh, what they were intending, intending to do, that is to go to the Milky Way galaxy, they had to step in. Should they connect the gate in, should they connect the gate all the way to the Milky Way galaxy, millions of these non-corporeal aliens would be killed. Mm-hmm. That would be a tragedy. Yes. A travesty. A, 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 it would be brutal. It would be awful. Yes. It would be terrible. We'd have to cry tears. 
And so the Atlantis team now gets to decide what dream they would like to live in for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Now, of course, their bodies on the planet will need food and water, and they're not going to get any food and water, so they have a very limited time. And so Fake Hammond suggests that they pick a really good dream to live in. (laughs) You better get cracking. (laughs) But then they remind their captors that if they die, more people will come, and eventually Uh they'll figure it out. Uh However, if you let us go, we promise not to return. Fake Hammond is convinced by their argument, and he releases them from their hallucinations, and they are able to snag the crystal that allows them to to go intergalactic traveling over to the gate, and they return home. And by home, that's not Earth, but back to Atlantis. The end. The end. So, Brent. Yeah. Home. Yeah. What'd you think? So... This story, I didn't find this story to be completely without um, error or completely without uh, like hitches in uh, what it ended up doing. But I got to tell you, I had a ton of fun with this episode. A lot of it. Uh, It was reminding me a bunch of like 1990s Star Trek. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's an episode that takes place somewhere with a problem that turns out not to be what you think it is. And they uh, end up having kind of a, um, kind of a bit of a first contact moment where they uh, come to understand uh, this new uh, alien species that they have uh, encountered and, and what that species is trying to do. There's a little bit of communication, a little bit of, of, uh, of agreement between the two. And we end on a note with our heroes departing onto their next adventure. Um, and, uh, you know, not saying no harm, no foul, because there was clearly some harm, but, uh, you know, like we learned something and when you know better, you knew you do better. Right. So, right. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And so I really was enjoying this episode. I was obviously, um, I knew that this was not earth because, uh, David did such a good job with the, with the promo. Like I was realizing that later he was pulling clips from like deep, 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 deep into the episode, like late in the episode yeah. for the promo, but it didn't give away the twist. Like half the twist was it's not really earth, but the other half of the twist was they weren't experiencing the same reality, right? That that's revealed about what at, at act the beginning of act two or three, like, yeah, about three, like, yeah, it, it, I, I didn't, I didn't get it until I was starting until it was starting to be given to me. You know what I mean? Like, you know. Once they started talking about, like, I should have gone and, you know, or no, Shepard should have gone instead of me. And I'm like, but Shepard did go. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> have anybody been in the same room at the same time? And then they addressed that by having people in the same room at the same time. But they immediately were doing that thing where it was obviously not the same people in the right. Like with the, yeah. with the wardrobe and all that. Oh, it was great. And how the how everyone was portraying their characters, both the authentic character and the missed person version um, was delightful. Now, one of the things that I did not like was how I couldn't tell if Rachel Luttrell was playing Taylor as a missed person version or the authentic version. Mm. Um, the, I, 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 <clears throat> I'm not yet to the point where I am really noticing um taylor's impact uh same thing with ford unfortunately while they are title characters like they aren't 
really like they really do feel like guest guest uh like perpetual guest actors right now like there's like there's just something about it they're not they're not clicking in yet and i'm not sure what it is um there was bountiful enjoyable moments of interaction between a lot of the characters um even involving uh ford and taylor but when it kind of came time for ford and or taylor to just sort of take it or do something with it it didn't really do anything and the story as i think in his example we spent a lot of time with shepherd we spent a lot of time with weir we spent a lot of time with mckay technically taylor was tagging along and we spent no time at all with ford none like he got some orders and that made him upset and that was and it and he may or may not have been in shepherd's dream right i don't and know I if that it, was the real ford or not sure i took that to mean that he definitively was not like you know he thought he was visiting grandma and getting shipped off to somewhere else and you know fake fake ford was delivering pizzas and frankly it doesn't matter uh, yeah but i mean i'm also acknowledging like you know i i i worry about that that that, that seems like you know you've got two title characters and they just don't seem to be doing anything but whatever right um that 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 is that is worth putting a pin in oh boy <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, i'm not sure i can pull that pin out today yeah yeah no i'm sure you can't but uh now i'm really worried anyway um but yeah as far as like the story itself i thought it was just darn clever again it wasn't it wasn't flawless and it definitely did not make me go what oh man i had no idea but when it came time to do the actual reveal i was mildly impressed with the end reveal about what was actually going on uh again don't look too deeply into it because if you really examine the logic of it i think some of the things start coming apart a little bit um i i can't recall what i had thought about earlier when reflecting on this episode but uh, I, I remember as I was kind of really examining it, it's like, oh, well, if they could read their thoughts, then some of these things didn't make as much sense as it might have, you know, that, that maybe it could have or, you know, or perhaps uh, some of the gaffes that the story that the that the missed people ended up making could have been avoided, um, you know, pretty easily if they had just done something else. You know what I mean? Like there was parts about it that was like a little bit weak, but uh, overall, it was a lot of fun and it 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 tied in quite nicely. and then. I'm glad to hear that uh, director Holly Dale has mm-hmm. such an illustrious career because I thought this thing was amazing. So when you told me that this was her only directing uh, credit for Atlantis at first, I was like, oh, man, missed opportunity. I thought that the, I thought that the directing on this thing was just amazing. Sure. And I, I think it I think it bears out that it probably was amazing. She just did one for Atlantis and then she went on to other things and has been recognized as being excellent at her work and then i think you see an example of it here i mean it was just really well shot it was well paced um you know it was it was well you know the actors did a fantastic job but i know that direction has a big piece of that puzzle um yeah it was just good it was really really good so i i i'm i'm i really really like this one i i i i I, and i definitely i'm sticking to my rule of only watching these episodes once but I absolutely want to watch this episode again now knowing what I know. Now I don't know if I could watch it a third time and have as much enjoyment, but 
watching it a second time, knowing what the ending is, and now trying to see all of the subtle clues along the way, or not so subtle clues, but especially the ones that might be particularly hard to notice. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely want to go back and, and, and watch, you know, a lot of this stuff all over again and be like, okay, oh, there's, there's one clue. There's a clue. One of the things that stood out to me was that Weir always was imagining Hammond in his dress uniform. Like every time that we see George Hammond, he's in his dress uniform. And, I'm, and, and that always was a little bit peculiar. It was just like, wow, he's, he's, he's not dressing down, is he? Um, and I, and, and so part of me was rationalizing that to say, well, yeah, because he's not in command of this base anymore. And also because, you know, this isn't real. Right. Um, but you know, it was just one of those things of like, we did we're in Weir's reality. Do we ever see him out of his dress uniform? I don't think so. And then when we saw, uh, Hammond in not his dress uniform, I think it was exclusively with Shepard, uh, so, you know, like watching it again and like making sure that that's actually the continuity that I think I see would be delightful. But again, right. I'm sticking to the rule. Only one shot, one time for me. Uh, so there's that. So, OK, that's that's generally my thoughts. I, I'm pretty positive about this one. So what about you? What do you think about this? So this is really fascinating. Um, when I first watched this episode back in 2004. Yeah. And I was getting to know uh, Atlantis and all of this stuff. And there was a lot of my being that was comparing uh, the development of the Stargate franchise with the development of the Star Trek franchise. Yeah. Um, and when I got to this episode and we got this episode where the people who are stuck away from home get to go back home, but it's not really home. And then they find out that, no, oh, nothing's really changed. They're back in their planet where they're stuck and blah, yep. blah, blah. You know, um, so when I watched this episode the first time, um, and even for times after that, I was just like, grumble, grumble, grumble. This is, yep, yep. why do they have to do this? They don't have uh-huh. to, just, just, just let them be stuck or wherever they're being stuck. They yeah. don't have to tease them on the ninth episode of getting to go home because yeah. we all know that they ain't gonna get home on the ninth episode it's too <laughs> soon and i got grumble yes. grumble 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 <laughs> yeah you know i mean like, like grumpy old man yeah <laughs> um and leading up to this episode i'm like okay so this is the episode where they go back home but they don't go home yeah and it's it's in the fog and blah 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 where yeah. where the the lovely guest actor that we haven't seen in a long time we get to see him and he's there and we're like oh it's him and yay and it turns out to be not him but it's just this yeah. alien blah 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 <laughs> right? we, yeah. we've seen this in science fiction before blah. why why are we re rehashing you know yeah. uh, but today i don't know what it was there uh, certainly some of it was me cuz i noticed when i sat down on the sofa and i pulled up my streaming service to watch this episode and i hit the play button i was just like i get to watch stargate atlantis i get to watch stargate uh-huh. atlantis i'm yeah. so excited and i just enjoyed this episode today huh. Huh. uh you know there i mean like you you're right that there there are some flaws to this episode that yeah. if you think too hard uh it doesn't make sense um like you know if if Shepard knew that these guys had died already. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
why didn't the fog aliens who could read his mind not realize that? Yes. Yeah. There you go. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, that, that's a big one. Um, that's probably the, the biggest one there because the, the, the playing of the different personalities of the, the characters in the different realities and the different uh, fantasies there, um, you know, that, that's taking their personality and stretching it uh, outside the bounds of of what's expected, but not like breaking it. Yeah, you know, and I'm thinking of of how McKay saw Weir and how Weir saw McKay. Yes, um, yeah. In both situations, they're like, uh, you're acting a little bit weird. Yeah, but yeah. you're also not necessarily acting like not you. Right. You know, so there's just kind of that that disconnect, and then of course, you know, the the shepherd thing is another example of that. Um, uh, Weir shepherd for Weir. Um, yes. You know, there are some flaws with this episode, um, but I I really found it um, clean this time around. I don't know what sure. it was. There's some that that um, uh, you know, I was paying more attention to how things were shot, and and it felt. Um, it, it felt good. It, it felt like this was a story that was moving in a clear direction. Yeah. Uh, that, that was taking me somewhere. Then it wasn't just doing things to do things. Yeah. Um, I really appreciated the, the back and forth between Weir and McKay. Right. Um, and, and how the camera's going. Whoosh, whoosh, yep. Yep. Whoosh. And then, and then you don't see that for a while. And you know that we're stuck in one place and you're like, but what about the other person? What yeah, there's yeah. and then, then we cut to a different scene, like, oh come on, bring me back. And then they bring us back and you see those again. And and you know, so there there were things in this episode that that it just it for whatever reason, it really I really enjoyed it this time. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, you know, uh I I, I do see uh especially with Ford that he's just kind of a guest character. Yeah. Who's there. Um, Taylor has more, uh, going for her, uh, and, and, and at least in this episode, it makes sense that she would be following along with, with Shepard or somebody. Um, and of course, Hammond makes that call, right? He says that, well, you didn't have any experiences of earth. So, so we, uh, gave you to Shepard's fantasy and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, I I thought I'll interrupt you. Sorry, I, I thought that I thought that was one of the weaker parts of this particular story because, like, okay, fine, she doesn't know Earth, so have her imaginings being like she goes someplace that like people say is the SGC or they say is like it, it and then maybe just have a situation go. Oh well, we got we got to send you back right away. Something have something happen so that she goes off on her own adventure back back to where she goes like you yeah. don't have to have everybody on earth like i'm not sure that was it, it, it that, well that she was like expecting to go to earth and so yeah. it would be you know uh no i mean bottom line what's happening here is you got 42 minutes yeah, to tell yeah, the yeah, story yeah. yes and and um what they did you know I, i'm not going to argue your point you get you, you get a decent point there um but given that you know you have 42 minutes and you got to figure out where you can tell your stories and where yes. you can cut uh, it makes sense to make that throwaway line about her being stuck in uh, Shepard's fantasy yep. and just running with it. Yep. Okay, that's fine. But the problem is that um, Ford gets really shortchanged and he doesn't oh, yeah. get anything to work with in, in this. 
Um, he he he's the only one of those cast members that don't get their own storyline. Yep. Um, you know, uh, not including Taylor, who who is with something. But even then, you know, she gets that moment of getting to go shopping and being sure. excited about seeing. You know, uh, it would be would have been kind of fun, but too much to and not really important to the story. But to see her go shopping. Sure. Um, but, you know, so we got something there, but we don't really get all we get from for Ford is, hey, Doc, I'm getting transferred. Can you yeah. believe this? But I want to go back to Atlantis. Well, you're just going to be stuck here. Sorry. Get used to it. Blah. Boom. Yep. Um, you know, so uh, there, there, there's some some problems there uh, with that character and the development of that character. Um, but uh, for this episode, yeah, there was something with this episode that. Uh, today, I, it just really, it, it, it sit nicely with me, and that grumpy old man that I used to be, uh, maybe I've aged out of my grumpy old man. It's <laughs> relaxed a little bit. No, I mean, I think, well, so one of the things that I've noticed as we've gone through this project is um, there have been more than a few times, Zach, where you have talked about your thoughts about a particular episode, and it's because of the motivation of the project that you sit down with fresh eyes and you take a look at something that you've seen a million times, but right. like, you know, but you're looking at it and you're like, okay, well let's pretend like them watching this for the first time. Um, and you know, you've said that where, you know, sometimes well, for many times you just, you would have it on and you'd probably be paying mostly attention to it, but you'd also be paying attention to something else. But for the purpose of this project, you've been paying close attention to every True. single one of these episodes. And those two combinations, those two factors might be enough to explain why, you know, and and a mood, you know, like, you know, having being in a good mood and sitting down and kind of excited, even though, you know, this is the one that you kind of meh, don't like that much. Uh, all those things combined gave you the opportunity to look at this and go, hey, actually, you know what? They did a pretty OK job with this one. Well, you know yeah. what I mean? Like to, yeah. to see the good things for it. And to recognize, like I said, we, we, we've been talking about this. This thing is not a flawless episode at all. Squint too hard and it's got a ton of problems in it. But but just just wave your hand over the top of it and just be like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, take it for what it said it is. Like, take it for a, a little a little pocket adventure on a planet that they're never going to go back to again. This yeah. is pro probably not going to move the meta story forward at all. Maybe it will probably won't. Um the explanation as to why they can never come back, I thought was plausible enough. I thought that was I thought it was clever-ish. I mean, mostly clever. Uh, a decent uh, moral element, which uh, kind of puts the weight appropriately high to never come back to this place. I will say, I want to, on, on that topic, I want to say that yeah. uh, one of the things that, for me, really allowed me to to um accept if you will the um the that that the, the gravity of not coming back to this planet and and yeah. convincing the the fake Hammond that they're not going to come back um the the dialogue um it's just there it doesn't really do it for me sure. but when i was watching it this time and this is one of those places where as you mentioned when i'm watching it and i'm actually engaged you know, a hundred percent with my eyes and my ears and my, yeah. my body, uh, on this episode, as opposed to paying attention to it, but not being a hundred percent 
connected to it, right? You miss some right. of these things. But the camera hit all of our main characters, or at least most of them. Yeah. And one of them especially was Rodney. Because if there's anybody in this group who would find a moral loophole to yeah. say, yeah, 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 it's okay, it would be Rodney. Yeah, Not yeah. because he's a bad person, but because Rodney would get so stuck in the possibility of doing something that he he gets so excited about that, he forgets to see the bigger picture of things. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. where other people come in. And they focused on Rodney's face as well. And when you look at these faces, it's in their faces that they're like, yeah, we understand what's going on and we'll leave and we're not coming back. And and you can trust us on that. Right. Yeah. You see it in their faces, which is not something that comes across in the dialogue. Uh, and that was one of those yeah. things that made uh, this, you know, kind of weak sauce here again. Well, we could go to this planet, but we can't go to this. We can't use this planet anymore because we might kill some people. Blah, blah, blah. What a sure. sci-fi blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right? That, that's where the grumpy old man comes in. Um, but when you see their faces, for me, this time around, it it sells that in a much better way. I, yeah, I can absolutely see that. I'm thinking of how um, Donna Davis was delivering those lines at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, like, <clears throat> I thought I could see uh like pain and fear and um anxiety in what he was describing mm-hmm. but in a way that was like stately that 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 like all of these things are true and all of these things are terrible and all of these things cannot be abided but not in a way that felt even remotely out of control, which I know is an unfair, like immediate comparison. Like you're either in control and therefore like, you know, stoic or you're out of control ah, and you're feeling emotions. I don't mean it like that. I just mean like there was weight there, but it was subtle, but it was still very heavy. And it was how he was delivering those lines. And again, to your point, how his face was looking, how his eyes were communicating while saying these lines. I thought I, I I'm thinking very highly of this episode uh, in part because of of I was just engaged, and the engagement had a lot to do with the acting, I think, and the directing. Um, the story was fine; the story was at least interesting enough. But but it was it was a captivating story that, to an earlier point you made, went somewhere. Like every point, everything that was shown and talked about was moving us forward in what the story actually was, which was. A grand hallucination in an effort to save uh, millions, maybe billions of this species that is in that is the mist. Yep. I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, I have one little tidbit that that I just find found. It it struck me as delightful uh, this time around as I watched it. Um, We have Harriman when we first connect the wormhole. Right. Yeah. We have Harriman says, well, how do we know it's really you? And like, well. Here's my IDC. Do, 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 do. Oh, congratulations. Welcome. And yeah. here we find out that who she's saying that to isn't actually who she thinks yeah. he yeah. is. How do we know it's actually you? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, there, there, there's, there's that little tiny little thing. I found that delightful this time around. Sure. I don't think I'd ever really picked up on that before. But this yeah. time around, that just kind of... Uh, I noticed that and it tickled me. Yep. Yep. Well, I think it's probably about that time, Brent. 
Yeah, I think so, too. Um, when I ask you that question that I ask every week, yeah. how many chevrons are you going to give home? Yeah. Um, I don't think that it is... I don't think that it can be completely forgiven for what I'm calling it's like loose or kind of pocky storytelling. Like there's parts of the story that just don't make sense. If, and I think that matters. Um, I, I think that uh, that for that flawless television that I love to talk about, uh, it's really got to be flawless. It's got to it's got to just hit all the marks and it's got to be airtight. This wasn't like airtight. But boy, was it fun. I really did enjoy this episode. And, uh, you know, again, a part of it is probably because it kind of had that 1990s Star Trek vibe that I really like, which is let's go someplace. Oh, we got a problem. Oh, we got to got to figure it out. A um, little bit of cleverness that, t- that it takes to, to figure it out. A little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, uh, um, reliance or grace that we have to get from another culture in order to, to keep moving forward. Like we can't just bully our way or solve our way through every problem. We sometimes have to be like, ooh, sorry. Will you forgive us? We'll get out of your hair. And this was one of those moments. I thought it was great. So I think it's a six for me. Six out of seven. The reason why I say I think is because it's definitely not a seven. And it's not a five. It's better than a five. So yeah, that for me, that's a six out of seven. So I, you know, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And again, I would love for an excuse to watch this again with the knowledge that I have. I don't know if I would want to watch it a third time, but Definitely a second time. So six out of seven for me. What about cool. you? So uh, I agree with you. It's not a perfect episode. It's not worth that seven. I, I can't yeah. give it a seven. Um, and if I were, if I would have guessed what my rating would be for this episode prior to watching it, yeah, and it, based on what I remember of the past and how I was feeling about the past, I wouldn't give it more than a four. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, I. I I probably wouldn't, I might have, if I was feeling really grumpy, I might have given it a three. Yeah. But, uh, sure. you know, uh, certainly would have been probably around a three or four. Um, but there was something in this episode that, uh, and, and this watching, uh, that just, just made me feel uh, engaged. That, that, that uh, you know, the, the grumpy old man about the, the, <laughs> the story, it just, it didn't bother me. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't know if it's, I mean, part of it is, you know, as you were saying, this reminds you of 90s Star Trek. Yeah. And I think you're right. It does. And I think in 2004, when I was watching this and you were reminding me of 90s Star Trek and I was like, yeah. grumble, 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 yeah. grumble. Yeah. Right. But, but now it's 2023. Yeah. Uh, and we are almost 20 years removed from this episode yeah. and now close to 30 years removed from 90s Star Trek. Yeah. Um, and so whatever that was, it didn't affect me this time. Yep. Uh, and so now I think about what do I give this this time? And um, I think that I have to agree with you that give this a six. Yeah, okay. Because... Um, it's not a seven. It's not a perfect episode. It's not an episode that grabs you and just pulls you for a long ride that's exciting up and down, nor is it an episode that just draws you into some great thing to talk about and you dig into that, right? There's not a whole, like, look, we haven't really talked about, like, the, any philosophy that's in this episode passed over our heads because we didn't talk about it. It didn't hit hit us, if there is anything. Um, so it's not like that. Um, 
but there's something that was just wholesome about it this time around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that that for me, I, I think I would agree with you. Like the five doesn't feel uh, five feels too low this time around. Sure. Uh, the seven is too much, and yep. so I go with the six. Right on. There you go. There you go. Okay, Brent. Yeah. Uh, it is time to see what others have to say about this episode. Are you ready? Yes. Yeah, let's let's take a look at this. All right. So, I am on the Facebooks. Uh-huh. And uh, we start with Sean. Hi, Sean. So, Sean says, so, yeah, the Atlantis team, I, so, let me start again. So, yeah. yeah, the Atlantis team don't know that Hammond has stepped down. I thought that was a plot hole first when I watched Atlantis long after SG-1 originally, but now I'm watching both together again, and I know O'Neill took over after the Atlantis team left. Yeah. Not sure why the DHD needed to be changed. Why was the Atlantis DHD the only one that could dial Earth? Uh, so, for the viewers watching SG-1 and SGA together, it's obvious something is wrong as Hammond is suddenly back. This actually loses a chevron for me now as you're waiting for the what's going on moment instead of thinking, did they get home? But but it's still a seven instead of an eight all around for me. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So really high ranks. Okay, yeah, great. Uh, P.S. Why is McKay still wearing his Atlantis uniform when he's back at home? Uh, come on, Shepard, put your seatbelt on and tell Taylor to. And yes, I noticed that as well. <laughs> Riding in the backseat with other seatbelts. I'm like, come on, friends. <laughs> and, and who did Weir put in charge when she left? Yeah. Ooh, plot twist. She uh-huh. thinks Shepard stayed and he thinks she stayed. What? Yeah, yep. that, that, that's, that's certainly what happened. Yep. Um, uh, I, I will say that uh, the whole reason for needing to move the DHD thing from Atlantis to other places because... In this galaxy, in the Pegasus galaxy, the ancients designed the other stargates and the DHDs and such to not be able to die intergalactically. Uh And so they specifically designed it for that so that Atlantis was the only one that could do the the, uh, intergalactic thing. And so they had to move the crystal from one to another so that they could get that done. Yep. There you go. All right. So that's that's Sean. Thanks, Sean. Thank you, Sean. Um, we have Rowan. Hi, Rowan. Rowan says, welcome to Planet Fog. Science <laughs> is boring. Shepard only likes planets where he can make friends and or shoot people. But maybe these unexplained energy readings could be harnessed to get them back to Earth. Now that's interesting. Will this be the first of many wackiest Atlantis SG-1 crossover episodes? Ooh. Back at the SGC, some things have changed and some things haven't good old general hammond is in charge as per usual and the new asgard tech on the prometheus means the team can hitch a ride back to atlantis anytime they want it seems almost too good to be true except hammond and his higher-ups aren't too excited about the wraith hmm maybe this whole atlantis mission was a bad idea but never mind that it's time for a well-deserved day off Weir gets some personal time with her oh-so-familiar boyfriend. McKay returns to his bachelor pad and immediately scores a date with a hot neighbor. Ford has a nice time visiting his grandparents. Footage not found. (laughs) (laughs) Shepard takes Taylor to the mall. Ladies be shopping. 
and yeah, then yeah, to yeah. his own bachelor pad full of toys, beer, oh right, pineapple for some reason, yeah. and all his dead <laughs> war buddies. Everything yeah. is great. Who needs Atlantis? It is a silly place. <laughs> it's only a model. <laughs> <laughs> Bad news, the Prometheus is broken, and so is the ZPM. McKay doesn't want to go back anyway. Yes, he does. No, he doesn't. And neither does Weir, except that she does. What's going on here? And why does everyone keep changing their outfits? <laughs> Little do we know. Oh, wait, yes, yes, now we know. Ah, these guys are too smart. I can't put anything past them. You can't put anything past them. The whole thing was a ruse concocted by energy-based fog beings. Uh-huh. Now that the team know that, they can just live out their lives in the constructed reality of their choosing. Uh, until they die of dehydration and starvation uh, yep. sometime in the next week or so. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. What if the team pinky swear never to bother them again? <laughs> in spite of not having pinkies, the fog beings think that's fine, too. <laughs> Despite not having pinkies. <laughs> oh, this must be a very solemn oath. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, they continue. This is kind of a fun character episode, especially on first watch. Brent will enjoy the unfolding mystery of it and give it a five. No close. Zach will appreciate the crafting of the story and will also give it a five. Also close. Very close. This episode is has an IMDb rating of 7.8, which is a 4.5 chevrons, mm -hmm. putting it in the top half of Stargate episodes overall. Yep. Okay. Nice. All right. So that was Rowan. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rowan. And next we have Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Kevin says, hi, Zach. Hi, Brent. This is the episode where everyone is excited about having gas or, 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 or fog or, <laughs> or, 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 or mist or, or, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> the mist not missed. It's not missed. It's not missed. I've always enjoyed this one, but this mm -hmm. time around, I took some notes. Mm -hmm. If I had a nickel for every time I took something apart that people thought I shouldn't, well, actually, that's a very specific situation, so I'd only have a few nickels. Uh, but in my defense, those items were already broken, so it's not like I could break them more. Right. Uh, number two, Walter! Yep. Number three, good, good I've old. missed General Hammond. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Number four. I wonder if the Outer Limits on Rodney's TV was a reference to Brad Wright being a writer, executive producer on that series. Eh, possibly, probably, uh, conceivably, um, the whole idea of things not quite being what they're supposed to be is a very nice tip of the hat for the reality of the episode. Yes. So it serves double duty. Yes, it does. I just said duty. <laughs> duty. Duty. All right. Uh, number five, did Nareem, I, I mean, I mean, Simon just happened to have his jewelry case in weird, uh, in jewelry, sorry, did Nareem, I mean, Simon, just happened to have this jewelry in case we're ever returned? Is that a thing people do? Well, certainly in a concocted reality put together by mist creatures. Uh, well, they're not mist creatures. Oh, sorry. It's gas. Gas, gaseous creatures. <laughs> They're very gaseous. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Number six. In the establishing shot outside Shepard's, quote, home, 
it looked for a moment like the flag on the flagpole was a Canadian flag. But no. that can't be. That's it must true. have been the way it looked since the tree was obscuring the view. Yeah, absolutely. That, absolutely. That, that, that's it. Yeah. This episode is weird, but fun uh, once you know what's going on. I think Brent was confused at first, but we'll give it a four. And I think it will get a four from Zach as well. Yeah. A little higher. A little bit higher. Yep. Um, this is an episode. I mean, honestly, if, as I mentioned before, uh, in previous viewings, I probably would have given it a four. Yeah. But, but this didn't hit me nicer. And so I yep. gave it my six. Uh, we have uh, finally from JD. Hi, JD. JD says, I'm the weirdo that likes Atlantis and redacted part uh, uh, seasons nine and ten more than the OG Stargate. Uh, this episode is one, the one that cemented our main characters, like Bren, Brent mentioned in the last Atlantis episode, in my opinion. We start to... Oh, I hit a button. That's right. We start okay. to see that the characters have more depth, which is nice. Yep. The Voyager-esque will go home a more noble way ending is also fun for me as a Voyager fan. Yep. I'm showing all my bad taste today. <laughs> Well, uh, with respect, JD, Deep Space Nine is a far better version of Star Trek than Voyager, in my opinion. Uh-huh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I know that there are lots of people who will argue with me on that, <laughs> to which I will contend that they are wrong. Uh-huh, but, yes. uh, you know, I, I'm all for an argument. <laughs> if, 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 it, if it's, you know, in, in, in good taste. And, and mm-hmm, All right. I'm, 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 I'm babbling. Uh, he says... For me, this episode is a five for the story and twist. I think I'll be alone in that, though, uh, with a four and a half from Zach and a four from Brent. Yeah, a little higher. We seem to like this episode more than you gave it credit. Than even you. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, Thank you very much. Uh, Those are our Facebooks. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. What do we got on the discords? Got some stuff on the discords. We got uh, we got Justin. Hi, Justin. Is Hi, this Justin. Justin the Loquacious? This is indeed Justin the Loquacious. All right. He, uh, he, was, he was a little less loquacious than normal, but this time, he says, Next time on Stargate 420, a shared hallucination leads to a bad trip, and they don't take a trip home, but they take a trip, as in fall down, go bing, tittle, tittle, bong. Major Slab <laughs> Bulkheads freaks out and shoots a dead guy, non-fatally, before Donis Davis tells them it's all a dream, like he does to me every morning. <laughs> Metaphysical discussion of reality that went up in smoke. Four from Brent, 420 from Zach. Nice. <laughs> nice. So I, I push up my glasses and I look at Justin's. Yeah, Justin, this episode was not 420. This episode was 109. Come on. You are getting it. Ro- we are lots of we- years away from getting to episode 420. <laughs> I, nice. I, I, I pull the glasses down a little bit. Now. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, that was, that's what Justin had to say. Thank you, Justin. Uh, so we have uh, Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. Uh, we get to go home for a breather. That's so nice. Talking to long dead people. Wait, what? Well, that's kind of suspicious. <laughs> a young, beautiful woman being interested in McKay. Okay, something's really fishy here. 
<laughs> in home, our heroes get to spend their time on screen in a it was a dream all along kind of episode. We love those, don't we? Mm. On a side note, who else was disturbed by the fact that Nareem Simon was alive and smooching Dr. Weir? <laughs> His character just looks so much like Nareem. I suspected him to have been a smart home setup guy with the Except, wait, wait. I suspected him to have a smart home set up with Sam Carter's voice while his <laughs> beloved Dr. Weir was living her best life in the Pegasus Galaxy. <laughs> yeah. This was the first episode that I really enjoyed. I hope that was not due to the familiarity of the SGC set. I guess Stargate SG-1 will forever be my Stargate, like Zach mentioned one or two podcast episodes ago. However, I'm really warming up to Atlantis. I enjoyed this episode mostly because of the character dynamics and watching our heroes interact. I particularly loved the conversation between Weir and Shepard in the beginning of the episode. The story itself felt like an excuse to let our heroes go back to Earth with a set back to zero at the end. At least the fog didn't try to kill them. Could this be similar? Could this also be a similar fog like cloud entity that Sam and the Prometheus were trapped in during season seven's grace? Hmm, interesting. Hmm. Rating wise. I felt really entertained, although disappointed it was a, it, at the it was all a dream all along story. Five out of eight chevrons for my part. Brent hates episodes like this usually, especially <laughs> if they don't move the story forward. Three out of eight chevrons from Brent. <laughs> Zach's more favorable for the entertainment factor and lifts his rating to a four out of eight chevrons. <laughs> oh, yeah. So little, so, little more. I, I will say this, that as a general rule, this hey let's go home isn't home wonderful oh just kidding we're not really at home it was all a dream i hate those episodes those premises uh -huh. um and which is why in the past i've given episodes like this a lower rating um but like i said no, I, I i must have you know enjoyed something special something uh, special on this one because uh it it didn't resonate like that with me like i expected it to yep yep, yep. cool so uh we have uh, uh we have elio hi elio hi elio one of those episodes of hey we have a way to get home we just need to kill a species to use fuel so don't seems like the episode <laughs> from star trek voyager where another starfleet where another starfleet stranded on the delta in the delta quadrant uses some entities to fill their boosters i wonder who this society chooses to be near the gate to serve as a sacrifice uh, some points. One, the story starts with the with the hazmat suit uh, that are very, very loose. Maybe to breathe a little. I noticed that too. It did. Yeah. <laughs> it did seem a little yeah. like. Well, why, why are you wearing that? Two, love the part about how much is a lot, and in term of lots, <laughs> Michael is following in the footsteps of his father, O'Neill, on the jokes. Uh, isn't it risky? I'll be fine. McKay, uh, McKay's egocentrisms are hilarious. His idea is needed on both places. His idea that he is needed on both places also gives the hint that he does not understand sarcasm. He may be showing traces of autistic behavior for Asperger's, which would fit his character. Then he, all lonely at home with no messages on the answering machine, is a sadistic move from the aliens in spite of that it also fits his character. And what <laughs> he would expect. Maybe this was the energy's fault. I love the chemistry between Michael and McKay. So, uh, I think... so. Is he saying... Mike Michael, we're talking about John Major John Shepard. Mm, yeah, and also it's 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 more like Michelle, like M I C H E L. Hmm. Eh. Hey, it's 
So I'll say Shep. Every time I see the word Michael, I'm going to change it for Shepard. I love the chemistry between Shepard and McKay's. <laughs> Lots of sarcasm <laughs> from one side and true belief on the other side. Uh, maybe he's meaning um, uh, Ford, maybe? I don't know. Ilya, what do you mean? You can get back to us on that one. About the scene with the Tolstoy book. I always thought it was a conversation about uh, about care. I only noticed this time that they were both trying to incentivize each other to go home. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Page 17 on the ninth episode. Given it's one episode every 15 days, uh, we see Shepard is a very occupied guy. Yeah. All right. So cool to make Taylor uh, get to know Earth, but the best of Earth is a shopping mall. I understand it shows an opening to discuss how her civilization might have advanced if they were not snacks for the wraiths. But uh, they do need to have her, uh, they do want to have a bougie life while billions of their population don't want to have basic access to water, food, education, medicine, etc. Yeah. Uh, I keep thinking if Brent already knew what was happening, not how, as he saw General Hammond during the episode and not SG-1 nor O'Neill there. Nice to see him back, uh, by the way. Oh, yeah. Nice to see General Hammond back. And uh, in spite of his character not having emotions in this episode, I noticed, like, even though I was complimenting how Donis Davis was playing the character, and there was, there was a good amount in there, mm-hmm. it did seem really wooden at first, but it, you know, I've seen Donis Davis play a lot, meaning I was not alarmed, but it was a little wooden. It was a little like, hmm, seems a little robotic here. Uh, it's cool to see Noreen slash Simon again, <laughs> but I would have preferred to see him again, uh, a high advanced race instead of the betrayed boyfriend. Mm-hmm. yeah uh, mckay eating nine month old snacks is disgusting yeah a hundred percent yes yes first time i saw this episode i was baffled about the breaks in continuity huh they would yes i could see that they could offer to leave some changes to detonate uh and bury the gates after they left interesting idea yeah that would at least ha- uh but that would be at least one time where an explosion was really a fix for the problem uh-huh uh so the ratings Seven for me, says Elio. Oh. Uh, I like this episode. The first time I saw it, I was very confused, but it was very convincing. I think that Shepard was uh, betraying everyone until the end. I think, oh, yeah, interesting. I think Brent will give it seven for this episode. Uh-huh. Mm, close. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he tags along, then uh, uh, if he tags along, then dream tags along the dream and was able to discuss about who the aliens put on the list of the sacrifice. That's a good point. And it's a shopping mall, really the best for our civilization to offer. Zach will give it the same. So super mm-hmm. close because it's a good episode. All right. And then we have Grahammerby, who I still don't know who this is. Grahammerby. Oh, he, said, he said his name was Ben, I think. Oh, I believe you. I don't know. Okay. Hi, Ben. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hi, Ben, I if, think. If, if I got that wrong, please let me know because yeah. I, I, I thought I saw that on, on the discords. Um, You're probably right. So, we have Ben Maybe who says, a season one best, a bit of a commentary about the needs of the many, a nod to Shepard being a bit different than your normal human, and Ham Alien, Hammond as an alien, mm-hmm. <laughs> also not an alien that looks like a human or has any basic concept of human culture. Yeah, I like that too. Overall, a fun episode. Hate the line at the end about betraying the aliens they just befriended, but the rest is great. Sixes all around. Oh, hey, Ben, you got it. Good job. Congratulations, Grammarby. All right. So that was uh, that's what we had on the discords. And we ended on a high note there. Yeah. That was great. All right. Well, we have a couple of emails. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The first one comes from Lydia Ann. Hi, Lydia Ann. Uh, Lydia Ann says, Home. 
file under there's no place like <laughs> and you were there and you were there <laughs> personally i will take a chance encounter with a tornado over over a sentient patch of haze any day uh-huh okay yeah i get that this is an abstract sci-fi concept that's handled well by the writers also responsible for window of opportunity mm-hmm this is also executed well by everybody else, actors, director, crew, responsible for sets, wardrobe, etc. Yep. Once you figure out what's going on in this episode, it's... Once you figure out what's going on, this episode is a good character study, assuming you can catch everything on the first watch and don't give up in confusion before the payoff hits. Yeah. Brent gives it a six. Oh, yes. And Zach... Yeah. Also a six. Oh, 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 That's two winners. Congratulations. Two in a row as it happens. I know. And then finally, we have David. Hi, David. David has a, what is General Hammond doing in this Chevron encoding bias buffer? Uh-huh. And then he has a very nice picture of George S. Hammond in the midst of this bias buffer. Hey, there you go. All right, anyway, okay, so... There are some interesting concepts in this episode about the nature of reality and how perception drives our experience. Yep. Each character gets a bit of what I would like to do and what I have to do and what is happening. Yeah. Weir gets a reunion and a return to happy life as a want, but the have is coping with her fears of the military taking over her operation. Mm-hmm. Rodney's want is a relaxing life where everyone loves and respects him, and his have is everyone around him is an idiot. Yeah. Ford, <laughs> yeah. Ford wants normality, but he has to deal with rejection and reassignment and being treated as unimportant. Uh-huh. Shepard and Taylor want life and fun, but have to deal with the reality of conflict and loss. Mm. Everyone's what is happening is when their two perceptions of want and need contradict each other because what they all really want is for life to make sense and this life does not. Uh-huh. Yep. It's this and the little bits of tweaking the viewer's perception of events that make this episode interesting. It's not a great episode, but it is a fun one and can mm-hmm. be worth a revisit to catch all the little bits of perception twists, like how Weir and Rodney saw Hammond in different uniforms. Yeah. Brent will yeah. give it five chevrons mm-hmm. because he missed Close. General Hammond and liked seeing him again, even if this was not the real Hammond. Mm-hmm. And Zach will give it five and a half chevrons Ooh, very, very for close. a discussion on the nature of reality. I was thinking about having a conversation about the nature of reality, but we just ended up having a, such a good conversation about like what the show just gave us as it was. Yeah. Well, that's the fun thing about this project for me is that um, there are so many ways that you can approach these episodes. Yeah. And I never know exactly what direction we're going to go until we get there and we go there. And oftentimes we get to the end of our conversations and there's still more to talk about. And yep. that's just wonderful for me. That is. I like it. Yep. Okay, Brent. Yes. Okay. Next episode. Yeah. 
It's a Stargate SG-1 episode. Yep. It is the midweek finale. Mid-season finale? Mid-season, midweek. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, That's okay. For, for, for all you listeners out there, I work at a church. It's yeah. Lent. Yeah. Midweek is a big deal for us in the Lenten world yeah. of churches. So, so the mid-season mid-season. finale. Yeah. The name is Endgame. And I ask you, what is Endgame all about? Oh, man. I'm going to go for, I'm going to try to do like a super duper deep cut. I'm sorry, Zach. The odds of you getting this reference are going to be like next to zero. So forgive me. You know, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'll just, I'll just run with uh, next to zero odds of understanding what you're saying. It's Which also going to be is only slightly less than normal. Well, you see, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm also realizing that I'm going to try to make a reference to something that isn't actually even that funny. It's just the first thing that I thought of. So hey. let's not do that. Let's not. Let's well, not. Let, no, you, 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 well, uh, don't let me stop you from doing you. No, no, no. You see, here's the thing is like the first thing that I thought of. I'll just let the cat out of the bag was R.E.M. song Endgame because I love it. It's an instrumental, though. <laughs> so like, what was I going to do with that? <laughs> like, what? What can you what can you do with us with a promo talking about an instrumental? Uh, I got nothing. I mean, maybe I could try. Let's try it. Let's, let's give it a shot. OK, I, next time. I, I want to hear it on Stargate SG-1. The SG-1 team travels through the gate to find themselves in a strange world. It is a world that is inhabited by a species of people that don't seem to have a very common language whatsoever. Everyone seems to be talking in very peculiar ways. They find a way to communicate to each other, but. Somehow, the Stargate isn't translating it into English. Further, what? Each, each individual is saying something, but it's but even even the the expert linguistic translators from the base, who are one time guest actors uh, that we get to meet for the first time, are having trouble just even getting a basic pattern about what kind of language group it is. Clearly, they all know what they, each other are saying. They're talking to each other, and they are. Very nice. They're trying to communicate with the people that have just come through the Stargate, but it's not working. Finally, somehow they discern that uh, they should be uh, that they're getting invited over to a large gathering of individuals who seem to be the heads of this particular place. They walk in the door and there's a murmur that dies down, at which point one of the people stands up and starts speaking. But almost immediately, someone next to them starts speaking as well. This doesn't seem to be a type of problem, but more and more people stand up and start speaking simultaneously. And that's when it suddenly hits them. It's not really music, but it is instrumental in what they are doing. Dang it. You know, I really tried. I tried. I tried to figure out. Join us next time on Stargate SG-1 because Brent has no idea what Endgame is going to be about. And he tried to make a reference to an instrumental song. Doesn't matter. Endgame. Okay. Yeah, that. uh, Yeah. Mm. (laughs) You know, they say you can't hit a home run every time at bat. I don't hit a home run. uh, mm -hmm. I don't hit a home run any time at bat. I'm lucky if I actually hit the ball. But it's a rare time when somebody puts down his bat, walks over to the pitcher's mound, and strikes himself out. 
yes. <laughs> Insert sports ball reference here. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, so suffice it to say, I can tell you with certainty that this episode is not about an instrumental song. That's uh, that's disappointing. I can tell you with certainty that there is an instrumental song in the background. <laughs> oh, oh, how convenient. <laughs> Shall we watch the promo to find out what this episode is actually all about? Yes, I am ready to watch this promo. Okay, I am hitting play now. Dial up the gate and check out another planet. Next time on Stargate SG-1. That'll be a no. Me. At Stargate Command, the unthinkable happens. Oh, what the hell? Who's oh. behind the theft of the Stargate? What? Ball Stargate. To be honest, right now, I don't know. Well, I need some answers. Oh no! What are those radioactive stuff? Don't shoot the radiation, radiation. brothers. Three more Gawaru planets have been attacked. Millions are dead. Oh, that's not good. We managed that's to identify good. the liquid we found in the warehouse. It's symbiote poison. Does this mean the end for the Gaul and the Jaffa as we know them? Oh. 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 It's oh, all oh, next time. Oh, that's not good. What? Okay. All right. So then this is that you mentioned, this is the mid season finale. Yes. So, you know, in, in like airtime, there's going to be a break between what this episode is going to be. And then when they pick up again, so they're trying to make it kind of like, you know, kind of a big deal here. Yep. Okay. All right. Yep. That's, that's the, the basic plan. I think after end game airs, there's at least a month and a half or two months um, between that and the next episode that airs. Oh, yeah, okay. So, um, so that'll be next time. All right. Wow. So, dear listeners, if you uh, want to give us an example of what a prediction of next week's episode would be using REM's Endgame, what that should have sounded like... <laughs> Uh, you can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com and let us know, because I know that both Brent and I would love to hear what that's supposed to sound like. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm hearing the song in my head right now, and actually I'm probably going to pop it in the background so ah. that we can all enjoy it. Okay, so now I can listen song. to the song and know what it is. Yeah. You know, I mean, not that I will actually listen to this, but that's beside <laughs> the point. <laughs> but you'll have the chance. I will have the chance, and maybe if I remember, I might come back and listen to the end just so I can hear the song. Yeah. Or I could, like, you pull know, up the song and listen to just, it. Just pull up the song and listen to yes. it. Yes. No, but that, <laughs> that that would be way too easy, Brent. <laughs> Gotta make this hard. <laughs> In any case, you could also go to the Facebooks and talk to us there, or the Discords and talk to us there. And if you want to buy us a coffee, go to our website wtts.space. Yep. Space. And hit that little coffee cup icon there and, and follow the appropriate uh, stuff there. Yep. yep. So with all that, I say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye.
Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.